How do yeah, how do I know? Oh, there it goes. Okay, I see it. Um, wait, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh we are live baby hey what's up what's up freeze i'm so excited to be here what's up olivia grasso my new favorite pop star um so good to see you you just dropped a song which is what we're here to talk about as well as a bunch of other stuff that you're working on which is amazing but it is so good to see you i love the new song sounds so fresh Thank right you so off the bat, I just have to tell you that. Thank you so much. It's like, it's such a relief to finally have it out for like people to hear. Cause you know, when you're working on something for so long, you hear it nonstop. And then finally for it like reach fresh ears is exciting. And to see people's response has been so exciting too. So it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, it's a big step, right? I mean, this is your first song, I think, at least your first one on streaming. It is. It's, I've taken the past like really two years and because two years ago is really when I decided like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a pop artist. I'm going to release pop music. I'm going to do the whole nine yards and really like committing to it. So finally having a song out and thinking back over the past two years of writing and trying to find a sound and people to work with. And it's yeah. like, it feels like I'm finally just like, I've stepped in um to the commitment which is actually really feels good to just you know go for it all the way so totally yeah, yeah right that is awesome wait so you say two years ago you just said i'm going to be a pop artist yeah so it's growing up like i've, I've done music and i always wanted to do music i never really had a moment of like i want to go to school for music and i want to pursue music there was just like a never another option I always kind of decided that's what I wanted to do and it always felt right but I wanted to do worship music for like the first most of my life because that's that's where I learned how to play and how to sing and how to write was in church and growing up doing worship music and before college I wanted to go to like Australia and go to like a worship school and then um right before I decided where to go I just super had a like a heart switch and I honestly if I'm being completely transparent just felt like more of a like a responsibility of mine to like just be a light and be somebody in the secular music you know and just show people that you can be cool and like a christian and love jesus but also have like some dope pop music and you know yeah too so that's kind of like two years ago was when i was like okay i think this is my heart it's also just like my personality i feel like is is pop music i don't know just fun and vibrant and and bright the writing is honestly easier for me and it just feels more me so yeah that's what i mean by that yeah really. what are you still in school i dropped out of college this semester is my first semester not in school yo what ah. what would you be if you were would this be your third or fourth year so technically this would be my fourth year but It'd be senior year baby it would be senior year which most people would say like, oh my God, you had one oh, year. Oh, you're so close. So close, I know, but <laughs> it's funny because I would meet with my advisor in school and literally not do what they told me to do. I would only take electives. Like I took all my music classes the first two years of college. I threw in some fashion classes and I only took like the stuff that you, you had to take um, the first couple of years. But I think I would have actually had to 
add another semester to graduate like with my degree and at this point I would have been taking like biology and trig this semester and I wasn't yeah I was just like that we are on the exact same wavelength you know that is literally why I dropped out really I didn't know that (laughs) I was it was for me it was February of junior year so you know you made it a couple months more than I did but I just started like really thinking about it and I was like okay i one, I'm starting to feel like I don't know if I should be here. Like I, I enjoyed my time, but I was like, I don't really know if I, what my purpose is going forward. And then like, I looked at all the classes I had left and it was literally like biology or it was science, <laughs> science with a lab, math, PE. And I was just like, I don't want to go to high school. Like, I don't even want to go to college next year. And I'm literally going to go to high school. Like, this is going to be terrible. Here's the thing too, is especially with what we're doing and you hear it all the time is that like, you don't need a degree, but if I ever need a degree, like school is always going to be there. And if I need to take trig and biology, like I can do that in a million different ways down the road. If I really need to, I just, I felt so much peace about it. It felt like the right thing. Even now, like all my friends going back, it's weird not seeing people, but I don't regret it at all. I'm so happy that it it worked out. It's awesome. That's that was the hardest part for me was when like, I, I never really thought about like, Oh, this, campus is no longer my space and like all my friends were like going back and I was like dang they're like in class right now it it, it just felt weirder than I expected yeah it's it is strange I like drove by campus to pick up somebody the other day and I was all my friends out of class and I was like wow like I'm not skipping right now like I'm I'm not supposed to be here (laughs) it was just it was it was a good feeling but it was interesting for sure I've definitely had to be more intentional about um, relationships, but it's also been good because I just think friends are for such a season. I really believe that. And I think it's, it's kind of good to have some separation and you can be really intentional about who you let in, um, and who you hang out with, who influences you. I think that's like, that's such a life lesson that I think we need to learn sooner than we do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's true. I guess I just wish that I wish that there had been more of a transition out of it. Like I just wasn't quite ready to give up a lot of the social aspects, oh, even no. though I thought I was, but at the end of the day, yeah, I was just like, I felt the same way as you. The only, I guess the only caveat to that idea on school is that I was, I, I had scholarships, which I, and I will never have scholarships again. So it's like, if I ever did want to go back and go to school, it would either be really expensive or I guess I'd go to like, community college or something you know yeah that's true and I think it's funny because coronavirus honestly provided like a beautiful transition for me out of things Mm. because I was kind of like weaned off it a little bit because I wasn't on campus and I was doing classes on zoom and so I wasn't really seeing people and then when I was seeing people it was online like this and class chilled out and then the summer happened and I kind of like slowly transition transitioned into working on every room and officially getting that to come out and so now everyone is going back I, f- I feel really blessed honestly to have had this timing I think it was perfect timing also it was a blessing in disguise for real mm. mm-hmm. yeah right that's cool well it's interesting to talk to you about that because we both if someone listening to this didn't know you know we went to the same school that's where we met um yeah at Lipscomb University in Nashville. And uh, I met your brother first. He and I both were freshmen at the same time. He dropped out 
before I did, but also is in my band for a long time and has now gone on to do a lot of really cool like country and pop music and it's just killing it. And then I met you, I guess two, you were two years behind. Yeah. Behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I and met today and it is, it's cool because um, my brother Andrew has really introduced me to so many like amazing people at school. And I remember meeting all of you guys. I remember meeting the whole group and thinking like I was blown away by, by how nice like people could be, which is, which is funny because in high school, like I was doing music a little bit, but I never found like a really solid community. And so meeting people at Lipscomb like you, and I was like, like beside myself with how kind people were. And that's kind of motivated me to when I meet, you know, people who are doing music or just people in general, I'm like, I could like open a new door for somebody to realize like how kind and nice people can truly be. It was like, I mm. always remember that's something I really took away from meeting people at school at Lipscomb doing music and how supportive the national community is. It's so special. It really is. Yeah, it, it really is so special. Um, it was a really cool time being there. I did feel like it was a community that supported each other and uh, it, it was, a, it was a cool way to like kind of, like you said, like we both did music before that, but kind of like a catalyst into like a scene as opposed to like maybe being in a scene in high school, but like really entering like, I guess mm-hmm. the professional Nashville music scene with a little bit of like a support bubble where it's like, oh, I can throw a show on campus and like my friends will come, you know, or even if I play off campus, like there's like 20 people who are going to show up just because like they're like at Lipscomb and like, hey, what should we do tonight? Oh, let's go to the freeze show you know what I mean yeah it's so and community is born out of that too it's a really it's just a cool thing to realize that you make you make such good friends and from that like cultivates a really special community of support that you carry with you as you grow and as you change and you all get to like rise up together and I'm so thankful for that everyone I've met at school for the most part is who helped me launch this single and who's really like taken ownership of it and had ownership mentality which is so like humbling to realize and to and to see the support it's been like it's been really beautiful I've loved it a lot I'm really thankful for even though you know we didn't finish I wish the mindset would change a little bit of like school can be a really really amazing stepping stone into like fully committing to your destiny honestly I think it's really cool and even though it costs so much money that's really the like biggest argument I'm really thankful for what it was it was perfect it really was yeah, I wish, I mean, it seems like it's, and I could be wrong, but it seems like it's built on some kind of ideas that just kind of, they want to trap you there for like four years. And it's just not how long I feel like I needed to be there. And I feel like a lot of my friends did have, by the time you're at senior year, you're like, well, I have one more year, so I'll do it. But you're not like, oh, I'm stoked to be like returning to my fourth year of like academics here, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we've been in school so long up until that point that yeah. to to run like start running and go for it and I think yeah I think you and I share that for sure some people need four years you know I wish it was a bit more flexible in that way I think Mm. that would that would be good yeah right like if people could just be yeah right like some people maybe even need five other people need like three or two so yeah it would kind of be cool if there was just not this just the standard and all these like gen eds and things but it is what it is (laughs) And I owe so much of that to Brown Banister, truly. I met with him, um, he, who's the head of the Lipscomb program, for those who don't know. And 
I sat down in like October of my junior year and I was like, listen, this is how I feel. Like, this is where my heart's at. And like, I love this place. I'm so thankful for it, but I just like, I'm like ready to go, you know? And he was, he kind of gave me permission to feel that way and kind of made me like affirmed my feelings and was like, let's do one more semester of whatever you need. Like, tell me what you feel like you're missing and let's fit it all into your last semester so that you can like catapult into the real world, like feeling completely comfortable and equipped, which was like, who does that? So kind. He's amazing. Yeah. That's definitely not like, he's not looking out for the interest of Lipscomb. He's not like by doing something like that, he's literally choosing to like prioritize you yeah. over like this systematic, like I need to get all these people to graduate so I can have this achievement and help my school make money. He's just like, he did the same thing to me whenever I went to him and told him I was going to drop out. He was like, come to my house for dinner tonight. Like Debbie and I will have you over. And we talked for like three hours and like prayed with me. And they were just like, yeah, we think it's probably your time to go. Like they were like, we really don't want that to be true, but it sounds like you just have something else that like you're being called to. I was like, what? I seriously, people like that, man, have a special place in heaven. I believe they're so, it's so good. It's so good. Such a good place. Yeah. Right. Wow. So are you living in Franklin now? I am. I'm living in Franklin still. I'm still like with my family just because we, I mean, I feel so blessed to have like been born here and have my family and Andrew's still here too. My brother's still here. And so it's kind of like our house has become like a really safe place for us to create and have people over. We have an amazing rehearsal space in our basement and some, some writing space. So yeah, I'm still here. It's That's awesome. cool. I've yeah. Grass has always said you'll have a really special setup there. And I'm the same way. I live kind of almost in Nolansville with, uh, with my family. And I just, I think if you can do that, you should because it's just Nashville is such a crazy place to be right now. It's so expensive. And especially when you're doing music, there's just not a lot of income, if any. I mean, I don't make hardly anything ever, you know? Yeah, I'm still like, I work almost full time still. I nanny three kids. And I'm so that's like really like funded everything that I'm doing. I'm really thankful for that. But with music, like I'm really hoping to, you know, in the next year be able to make a good amount of income hopefully shows will come back and you know that was at the beginning of the year I started playing shows finally I was so excited and that was you know bringing in a good amount of income but if I didn't live with my family I really don't (laughs) I don't know what I would do I have so much respect for people who just go for it and and manage the finances it blows my mind truly yeah same it it, it is mind-blowing um so one interesting thing about your brother and yourself that I've noticed is that y'all both like work really hard. And it's, it's interesting because in terms of your career coming into college, neither one of you, well, well, I don't know. I don't really know how to phrase it. It's just like, I feel like like you felt like you were going into like ministry Mm -hmm. and you had a sharp transition. I feel like Grasso, you know, he, hadn't really drummed like yeah. in, a li- in a live context in a live like band context almost at all until right before I think his first show ever was this that summer before freshman year and he mm. just like took off and I'm seeing the same thing now with you where you're just taking off and like 
go at a rapid rate with uh, your new song coming out that is awesome. Um, yeah. The video you said, I have yeah. a video that just came out or is coming out. So since we can't have a show, I really wanted to have a release show for this song, but we can't, that's not possible right now. So um, there's going to be a live show that's streamed on Saturday night. That's going to be Saturday this night. This coming Saturday? September 12th, Saturday night. Yep. And um, it's going to kind of be like a release show. And um, my dad had like a really cool warehouse space in his office. And so we brought um, some cameras and lights and we live recorded a 15 minute set that we're going to stream for kind of like a release show. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Maybe we can get this episode up before then to help promote that too. Um, yeah. Thanks. Um, let's see. And then, and then also with OG, your new apparel. apparel. Uh, that you're doing which is like people can find on I guess Instagram and also there's a website mm -hmm. yeah it's been that's so kind of you to say about me and Andrew I never really thought about it that way but I for Andrew I remember like the shift for him seriously like in high school he always drummed but he was never really like the guy the drummer you know what I mean right. and one day it was like there was a fire like lit under him and he just went for it and has did something so amazing for himself so that's such a big compliment thank you so much I it's funny being patient and just trusting you know timing and and trusting when things come out and I've wanted this I wanted this to come out in like February and March but with kind of how this year has turned out um I had some extra time which ended up being but I don't know I think thankfully I love this I and I love the logistics behind it I love like figuring out marketing. I love figuring out, you know, the visuals. I'm a super visual person. And that's kind of how I, how I, you know, I see music and um, how I learn. So I don't know. I think it's just fun. And, you know, when it's something you really want to do, you make it, you know, you work hard, you make it happen. And um, OG Apparel was um, kind of a dream of mine that I've had for a while, but almost didn't feel like it would ever be possible to um, pursue both music and fashion at the same time. I love streetwear. I love um, design. And I took a couple fashion classes at school, but that was just more for fun. And honestly, during quarantine, um, one night I was like about to fall asleep and I was like online shopping. And I found these like cool tie dye um, bleached sweatpants, but they were like a hundred dollars. And I was like, I could make, I literally could make these. And I bet if I made them, like someone else would buy them too. That doesn't want to pay a hundred dollars. And I kind of felt like, honestly, God was like, you can pursue more than one dream, like, and be successful at more than one thing. Like you don't have to be stay in a box of what people think you're capable of. And the worst that's going to happen is you do it for a couple months and it was a really fun thing. And like you move on and pursue something else. And I get to say, I did it, you know, but literally the next day I ordered some sweatpants off Amazon and got some bleach and like messed around with a couple of different fabrics and then um, just created an Instagram page and started posting it. And so many people took to it and, and loved it. And so from there um, I thought about kind of making it another Avenue for like merch eventually. And which um, there's going to be some merch for the new single coming out in the next like month or two that um, I'm working on right now. So that way OG apparel can be um, like a streetwear brand that, people can buy and wear and not even necessarily listen to my music and people can listen to my music and not necessarily love the streetwear, but also they can kind of um, draw attention to each other and kind of support each other. And so, yeah, that's kind of 
where that was born out of. And I'm so excited about it. I'm just taking it one step at a time and I'm just doing it because I like it, you know, and yeah. if it's off, then I'll be so, so, so thankful and hopefully it will. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, I mean, as, as a music artist, you're already like really multi, you're a mul- an artist in, in multiple ways, you know, as, as a music artist, you're basically signing up to be, um, you know, I guess you don't have to do all of these parts, but like songwriting and right. you're, you're really helping with production at, yeah. at least to some extent. And then you're also like a performer, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's already a, a lot of stuff. So like to add on fashion, I think is totally makes sense. And I, I mean, there's a lot of examples in pop culture. I think of like uh, Odd Future and like Tyler, the creator, all those cats specifically, you know. Yeah, even Tyler, the creator, I kind of um, dove into golf, his, you know, his brand and kind of looked at what he was doing. And it's just a cool another way to be creative. It inspires me to make music and, you know, making music inspires me to, you know, design some sweatshirts and stuff. And it's been cool and learning about even like production you mentioned, I never, ever thought of myself as ever being a producer. And I produce everything with Caleb Kuhlman, who I met at Lipscomb. I know you know him too. And he's been so kind to let me just sit with him. And whenever we produce anything, um, I sit with him and, and he teaches me things and, you know, I get to learn from him. And now I'm to the point where I can make some demos on Logic and Ableton myself and send them to him, especially with being remote. And, you know, he can work on it on his end. And it's cool just when you take a chance. That's really what I've learned. Like, give yourself credit and just take a chance and like step out and because the worst that's going to happen is that it doesn't work out and you move on to something else, you know, or you, you say you give it a shot or you learn and you become better. Or it helps you in this area or you meet this person and it helps you in this area. And I really feel like people just need to stop being afraid. Just stop being afraid and like, go, just move, just like take a step, you know, and it can be small and you don't have to tell everyone about it. And, but you know, once you figure it out, just do it. And what's the worst that can happen? I feel really passionate about that right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, we all are afraid the people around us are harsher critics than they are, especially when it comes to music. Like I've never put out a song and people just be like, yo, this song sucks. Like people are like, no matter what are going to like want to like it. And like, even if I put out really boring music or it just was totally just derivative, people would yeah. still like give it an honest listen and be like, Hey, like, that's cool that you created that. They're not even going to be, they're not even going to think that they'll just be like, that was cool. I didn't really get into it, but I'm glad Freeze is making art and that he's happy, you know? Yeah. Most people are so, yeah, feel that way. I think, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. We think people are thinking more about us than they are, or they're thinking harsher about us than they are because no one at the end of the day cares as much as we do, like about the nitpicky, like small things. And even I was talking to Brown about this and I was like producing every room. There's so many versions of it. And at some point, I really don't think you're ever done with a song. You just kind of decide when to stop, you know, because I could spend years producing every room and fixing each little tiny thing that no one is probably going to notice. And maybe things are born out of that. But I think at some point me and Caleb sat back and we were like, this is good. It is good, you know, and being proud of it. And no matter what people say, having the security to say, I'm proud of this and I made this and I did everything I could to make this great, regardless of streams, regardless of feedback, regardless of, you know, how people respond or likes or follows on any, you know, platform, just standing back and saying, I'm proud of this, I think should carry us through. I think that's why we should do 
you know, what we do. There are exceptions, of course, but yeah, that's what I've kind of learned through all of this. Yeah, right. I think that's really <laughs> cool. So, so talk to me about this new single specifically about every room. What, like, how yeah. could you talk me through like the process of that song being created and now mm-hmm. being put out? Yeah, I really, um, before I wrote this song, I wanted like an anthem I wanted something really anthemic and like freeing and liberating and magnetic like those were kind of the goals for just a song I really just wanted that feel and I love Lord um Lord and Jack Antonoff are two of my biggest influences and I feel like they capture that so so well and that's kind of what I so um, I write all of my songs pretty much in my basement on my keyboard, just like starting on piano. And I was messing around with this. And at the time I was really interested in somebody and I was trying to get over him, but I couldn't stop. Like every time I would walk into a room or or join an event or go somewhere, I would like be looking for him or I would wonder if he was going to be there. And it was like so distracting. And that's kind of where the song was like the meaning of the song was born out of. And um, I just, the, the chorus started with what the BGVs are now in the song. Um, in the course, it goes, you in every room. And it happens a couple times. And it was just that. I had the whole song and that was the chorus, just the BGVs. Um, and I played it on my keyboard. I had a voice memo. And the next day I actually went to school and um, I showed one of my friends, Zach Lockwood, just randomly, he was around in Starbucks. And I was like, hey, can you listen to this? And just, I trusted him. I was like, can you tell me if you like it? And he was like, yeah, it's super cool. Like it's, you know, you can scream it. It's like, feels really good. But he was like, maybe see if there's like something else you could add to the chorus. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, and another place I write a lot is in my car. When I drive, I drive a lot since I live in Franklin. I drive back and forth to Nashville. And um, so I wrote the rest of the chorus in my car and recorded it and showed my band one night when we were getting ready for a show. I played my first show ever a month after I wrote the song, um, which is funny too. I wrote the song on September 4th, 2019. Um, and I released it on September 4th, 2020, which was a complete coincidence. Like, oh. com- yeah. And before I was re- releasing the song, there's so much going on in the world. I wanted to be really respectful of, um, you know, not being self-serving and, and definitely discerning if now was the time to release music. And I was like praying for a confirmation that, that this was the time to do it. And um, I saw one of my friends post the original voice memo to a song that they had just released. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool to go look. And it, sure enough, it was September 4th, 2019. So it's kind of a fun fact. But um, I showed my band and they loved it. I played it at this live show and people heard it and loved it. So from then on, um, I had like 10 songs together to try and figure out what to release first. And Brown helped me put together kind of like an independent A&R panel. And it was pretty much like a unanimous decision that every room was kind of the song. And so um, me and Caleb spent hours and hours producing. I um, had my friend Tommy Iceland um, that my friend Stacy Wilbur connected me with and he helped me rewrite some of the verses and really massaged it and refined it into um, what it is now. So it has like a really cool um, journey that you can see, especially through like the versions that we have in the background and on our laptop. So yeah, it's, it was a, it was a cool journey, a learning experience. I'm really proud of it. It definitely was um the best song to release first it's cool yeah right it is a really cool song to, to be kicking off your uh your career with <laughs> yeah yeah are you uh are you working on any new music right now is there anything else that you're cooking up yeah i'm totally cooking up stuff uh we have so many 
um, so many demos that we're going through. I feel like every artist, there's kind of like the song graveyard that you never know <laughs> if the songs will see the light. Um, right now we're <laughs> deciding on um, two. We're stuck on two right now. Um, we're going to produce both of them a little bit more and then kind of see what's right and go from there. But I think for this next single, um, we're going to try and show like a bit of the darker, moodier side of my music. This song was super fun and bright and, and you know, dancing around and pumping your fist, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, but it's interesting because people only know one thing from me now. And there's like so much more to me that I want to show. So um, I think we're going to try and contrast it a little bit and kind of show people, um, keep the energy for sure, but show people a different side production wise and even thematically. And so I'm super excited. We're working on that this week, actually tomorrow. Um, me and Caleb are going to get back in the studio and start producing more and even writing more and just kind of see what happens. But I'm so excited to show people. Um, it's like, it's so rewarding. It's rewarding to release things and bring people in with me and take them on the journey. I'm excited. Yeah. Is, is Caleb going to be like continuing to work with you? Is, is he just been like a big part of this project? Yeah, he's a huge part of it. He kind of was the first person that really like took me seriously because I really had nothing to show for when I, when I got into college, like I, I told you, I just, um, I sang, I, you know, sang for ensemble shows and that's kind of really when people were like, Oh, like, I think Olivia can do this, which was like a cool feeling, but, as far as songwriting, I really hadn't, hadn't written a lot of secular music before. And I had one song that was like, okay, that um, Caleb worked on for a class. And ever since then, um, we've just meshed really well together. We both have like bold personalities and we're not afraid to tell each other what, you know, we think. And if he, <laughs> if he produces something and I'm sitting there, or he writes something, I, I feel totally comfortable just being like, I don't like it. <laughs> like get rid of it. I don't like it. And, and he does the same thing with me. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's definitely um, for the foreseeable future going to be working on, on stuff with me. I just love him. He's so good. He's so encouraging and he, he listens to my ideas and he gives things a try, even if he's not sure about it, which is like all I ask. So he's awesome for sure. He's sticking around. Yeah. And, and Caleb also is in the band Vanosdale, which Yes. Awesome band. <laughs> my, I love Vanisdale. I love those people. They have the kindest hearts, the coolest perspective. Devin is an amazing writer. He's so supportive too. Behind the scenes, honestly, the Vanisdale boys are like, I feel like part of my support system. Like they're just so kind and we get to like send new songs back and forth to each other. And, you know, they inspire me so much. Devin, talk about a hard worker. Devin is at the top of the list he's amazing all those boys caleb ethan it's funny because my band is pretty much vanisdale now that i think about it ethan sullivan is my drummer caleb produces and plays with me and they are also in vanisdale so we kind of are like a little family it's fun yeah right that's that's kind of a kind of the nashville way like you know what i mean it's just like a lot of people can help each other out and like be <clears throat> each other's backing bands and like and producers and stuff yeah, we joke about being able to like fill each other's slots if we ever needed like advantage ever needed we joke about being able to know each other's music so well just because we're around it's fun it's fun for sure yeah yeah that's really special that's really cool that you've been able to meet and like just be around those people and learn from each other um yeah. i also know do you talk to cole shugart sometimes too yes cole and my brother are like best friends i always say this about cole so I hope he sees it but I know that if I ever needed anything I could call Cole and he would he would help me he's 
helped me so much with figuring out this release too. He's in the band, The Criticals, um, with Parker Forbes, as I'm sure you know, and people listening know. They are amazing. Check them out. They're like making waves in Nashville right now for sure. But um, I had coffee with him right before, a, a few weeks before the song came out. And I was just like, here's my plan. Here are my questions. Here are my thoughts. And he really just kind of helped point me um, in the right direction and told me his experience and what worked and what didn't work. And, you know, sent me some people to get in contact with and um, was like so willing to help. And yeah, so kind, never like, you know, I think when we get into the industry, we have to be responsible with like who we know and, you know, but at the same time, not be tight fisted and like what I learned, share with you and you share with me and we all can like be a team and help each other out. And that's what he's kind of been for me for sure. He's amazing. Yeah. Right. I, I want to highlight something you said, you said like you're, you hadn't written a lot of secular music um, mm-hmm. coming into Lipscomb. And I just, I hope that people who are listening to this, who are like inspired by what you do or what I do, or for whatever reason that brings them here, um, that they can know that there's not a standard that you have to reach before you can start being an artist. You know, there's no barrier. I think a lot of times when I talk to people who are trying to become an artist, they say, oh, well, I just, you know, I can't quite do it. Like, you know, I haven't written very much or I don't know if I can do this or that. And it's like, that is just, I don't, you can let go of a lot of that, you know? Yeah, it's such a lie. That's so true. And there's so much pressure that culture will try and put um, on you and on us as artists to to be a certain thing or to have a certain number of years under our belt or like you need to suffer, you need to starve for like X amount of years and then it's okay to make it. And then it's okay to like, you know, your work to start paying off. But you're right. That's such a lie. And I think, you know, kind of to what I was saying earlier, like you just need to do it. Just go for it. And like, don't stop worrying about what the standard is or what's normal or what's supposed to happen. Because, you know, if you want to do this and you're supposed to do this, then it's going to work out no matter what. Everyone's story is so different, so beautiful and so, you know, paved out for you that you just kind of got to live it. You just got to do it and trust. And, you know, for me, like, you know, I just, I just trust God, you know, it's all going to work out. And at the end of the day, like if you're putting in the work, you won't need to worry about it. It's going to come, it's going to happen and and not worry about what someone else's story looks like, you know, comparison, you know, steals your joy as they say. So. Totally. And we're not, you know, I think a lot of people look to someone like, let's say an iconic example right now would be like Kevin Parker uh, from Tame Impala, who literally, uh, he puts out an album and like, I have one sitting over here and it's just like, um, written recorded mixed mastered by kevin parker and people are like oh snap like that's so cool i want to be like that which is an awesome like an admirable goal but it's in a lot of ways unattainable um (laughs) just like yeah or or you know maybe just you don't it's it's a standard that you don't have to reach and i think a lot of people think well i haven't written enough songs well you don't even have to write your songs to be an artist you know like that's already like a misconception you've you've created this box and these boundaries and these rules and it's like or for maybe someone like you and i maybe we have more skills in a certain thing like maybe it's performing or you like like we both knew from an early age that we like to sing Mm -hmm. but i don't know as much about production but but then also it's like you've been learning these things but if you just like music if you're just a person who's listened to music their whole life 
you already know a ton about production. And if you're somebody who uses like Pinterest or Instagram, you already know a lot more about fashion and a lot more about visual aesthetic than you even think you do, you know? Oh, true. And something I heard, um, I was listening to an interview with Phineas and, and Billie Eilish actually. And Billy was saying that like songwriting actually doesn't come like super easy to her. Like she has to really work to, to write, uh, you know, write good songs. And hearing that actually like, made me realize that I kind of feel the same way. Like I love writing and I don't think I could ever go through life without it, but some people can literally just like throw up a song and it's amazing. And, but I'm not that way. I really have to like sit and craft and like take time. And it, and it really doesn't come that easy for me. But I think I put myself in the box of like, Oh, if I'm going to be an artist, then I have to be an amazing songwriter. And I have, it has to be easy for me. You know what I mean? And that's so not true. And I've learned that like, people are such good tools and like you cannot do it by yourself you know unless you're crazy like kevin but like you know and some people that's amazing and that's such a gift but i've learned about like the art of letting go a little bit and and being okay with who you are i think we are made um exactly like with the tools and equipped um, for exactly what we need to do in life. If I needed to be an amazing songwriter, then I would have been born an amazing songwriter. You know what I mean? And not to say I'm not a good songwriter and you can work and get better and you're supposed to like work on your craft. Don't forget that, of course, but we don't need to, yeah, you're right. It's such a, you know, we put ourselves in boxes and, and think that it has to be done a certain way, which is, it's funny because some people pride themselves in, or, you know, art isn't supposed to be a certain way. It's supposed to be like, personal and individual and yeah yeah exactly your relationship with what it means to be an artist is going to look different i mean you right. can see that just in our small circle that we had when we all came to lipscomb and all of a sudden there's a band like dave's highway and there's a you know yeah. and then there's someone like your brother who he's doing uh, your brother's a great example because he um has already like evolved so much within the like four or five years he's been doing it like he started by being an indie drummer he was drumming for like indie yeah. bands and like diy bands and a part of a diy scene and he realized that wasn't really where he wanted to be anymore you know he was he was excited to like he found joy in working with artists maybe on a bigger scale and going on bigger tours with like country and pop artists and that's yeah. where he landed you know and it's like every single person the, the older we all get now that we are five years away from our freshman year. You can see someone like Riley too, like our friend Riley, who's now doing worship ministry at a church in St. Louis. I would have never thought that yeah. was where he was going to arrive, you know? Yeah, pay my way to college. That's so funny and true. It's so cool that we can change our mind. You don't mm -hmm. have to you don't have to stick with one thing, you know? And it, it's funny, like on a really smaller scale, it's like when you go into college and you think that like the first major you choose is like the end all be all and like if you don't die doing that then then you failed and it's like there is such beauty in changing your mind and I think that needs to be normalized like in our culture you're allowed to change your mind you're allowed to realize like oh I don't like doing this like I want to do something else or I really find joy in this little area and although it's not like maybe the coolest thing to your like community that you're around like you should do it because it's what you want to do and you know a way is going to be made but yeah even Andrew like we grow and we change as people and our interests change and our skill set changes. And I mean, I know for you too, like we all kind of find different interests that we, we start pursuing and things are born out of that. We get to move and change and evolve. We're like, human beings are so complex, you know, we're so cool. Humans are so cool. And I think we should like 
take pride in that a little bit more be proud of that yeah i think so too and also just like it's human and it's also just literally from a marketing perspective like when you think about what it means to be an artist it's like when i think about the most successful artists like literally like let's say like kanye and taylor swift they both evolve with every single album is a new statement like they're making or like tyler the creator who we're talking about like his he has changed so much his sound and his style has changed so much you know yeah that's so 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 true and all of those people think about it like taylor swift and kanye west and tyler they've all like shattered records been so innovative done new things like recreated themselves so many times and they're the ones who are at the top you know what i mean they're the ones who people are like on the edge of their seat to see what they're gonna do and even kanye like shifting into being a christian and making like worship music and choirs and living in wyoming and you know yeezy and then taylor who just released this folklore and you know all of her songs still have the story aspect to it but the production is so different from like you know, 1989 or even Lover, it's, it's cool. And it should be encouraging and it, it should take pressure off, you know, not put pressure on to just like be who you are, because that's, that's what they do. At the end of the day, I think the people that make it to that level, they just don't care. You just have to stop caring at some point. And it's like, it's an art. I think it's, you have to practice, but it's so important. Yeah. Right. You, you think they don't care. I feel like they care. I think they just, I feel like they know they're just like, well, I don't know. It's like, we think that we're rebranding every time we put out, like, all, like all artistic, when we put out a new song, and then other people see it, and they're just like, oh, new song, it's kind of the same style. And I'm like, are you, like, my new song just came out, <laughs> and it's like, uh, first song that I didn't use a drummer. Like, there's, like, since, like, Cosmic House and all these singles were all recorded live with a band, like, literally, your brother for the Cosmic yeah. House sessions, and a full band. This song was a our friend who is a drummer was just playing a pad yeah recorded all of it in just this tiny like bedroom uh space and like on like one mic it's just like it was a completely different process and people aren't like whoa freeze has changed it up like freeze i guess he isn't a rock musician anymore people are just like hey i love the new song and it's just like oh this song was a huge statement to me but people don't see it that way you know That's, yeah i think well, I think in a way it's like, you have to be like, there's wisdom and there's thought and like, you have to think through things, but there has to be a level of like, not being so concerned with how people receive it. You know what I mean? Like Kanye West Twitter account, like I wish I only followed him. Sometimes. You know what I mean? It's so he just doesn't care. You get to a point where you just don't care, but you have to like, um, in it for a business mindset, like take everything into consideration. But that also speaks to like, you just never know how people are going to receive something like, and, and kind of have to be okay with just like releasing that into the, you know, releasing the expectation of how people are going to respond into the world, which is something that like, I'm, you know, even thinking about this next song, like I just said, you know, I want to, I want to kind of switch it up a little bit. And part of me is like, what if people are like, Oh, we liked the every room vibe more or like, Oh, you know, like this is cool or, but I don't know. I guess it expands it more for like people to take interest. And it's, it, that's a weird, like kind of complex thought business wise and creatively too. Yeah. Well, and, and to that point, like, I think that when I go back to thinking about it as a, from a fan perspective, um, from an audience perspective, 
when a band or an artist puts out a song that you don't vibe with as much, you don't like stop listening to the song you did like, and you're not like this artist is over. You're just like, okay, interesting. Like this one didn't resonate as well with me, but I still love that old one. And then bands literally have careers like Weezer who put out their first album and are literally still playing those songs on tour. And then they just keep doing stuff. And people, every time people listen to it and they're like, okay, yeah, like I like that song or I didn't like this at all. Actually, I think this is, I know people who were like, this album is terrible. If a Weezer came to town, they would still go see them again, you know? Yeah, that's so true. You build, like, you build a relationship and you build, like, history with your fans for, for them to realize, like, and have the respect for you as an artist to be, like, objectively, like, oh, I see what she was doing and I really, she or he, like, I see what they were doing. I think it's cool. Like, yeah, not my vibe. Like, it's kind of like, for fashion, there's so many things where, like, where you're like, whoa, that's super cool. Like, I wouldn't wear it, but like I support the idea, you know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> that is so true. And and also we like don't live in a world like our parents did, like, or even the music we grew up listening to, like even like mid 2000s pop music, like back then with the, it was the radio and CD sales and, you know, your label could make and break you. But now when people follow you on Instagram, they don't unfollow you like as quickly and they subscribe to your YouTube or like whatever it is, like, Spotify like you have I think that like artist to fan relationship has more longevity now where people are like yeah I liked what you did and like we don't like there's no one telling there's no like um industry saying like oh we're you know that song didn't do very well on the radio or those sales so we're gonna start taking your music off the radio then you're like oh my career has been stifled it's like Uh, independently you can just like and just the way you release music on Spotify there's also more opportunity for songs to just like not land well with people, but people to still just care. Like, like think about this. You're, if you release a song and you're someone like me, like I've put out, you know, maybe 24 songs on Spotify, two albums, six or seven singles. If, if I put out a song tomorrow that is just trash, it will just literally go to the bottom of my Spotify and nobody would ever think about it again. So it's not really a loss, you know? Yeah, it's interesting, too, because, like, the way our parents grew up, their only way to get to know, like, their favorite bands, it was very controlled. It was, like, their music and, like, the visuals that you bought with the album. You know what I mean? Or, like, what you heard on the radio or the, the like, interviews that you were able to get a hold of or, or hear on the radio or on TV or whatever. And now it's, like, you can pretty much know everything about somebody. So there's a lot more to, like, grab onto. There's a lot more to connect with. And so you can't get dismissed as easily in the same, in the same way you can get dismissed very quickly with, especially with like, you know, cancel culture and and different things like that. And which is a little bit different, but at the same time, it's like people know so much about me based off of like Instagram only versus like if they only heard every room, you know what I mean? And also you get different things from different places. You get, you learn a lot about me from hearing every room, but you also learn a lot about me from my like campaign on Instagram and like all the photos that I've taken or the graphics or designs or like just my personality on my story, like a stupid story on Instagram, you know, they didn't have that. So being able to like learn about an artist was very controlled and it was very limited. So it, yeah, I think it, it provided more room to be like, Oh, this yeah never mind like this this wasn't what i thought it would be you know yeah totally and and culture is so fractured now there's like a market and like a niche room for every 
single yeah. specific idea and vibe that you're not you know you don't just make pop music but like the two artists you named who were they you named said lord and uh jack antonoff yeah. right like there is like a whole world of people who specifically like those two artists and like love to see what you're making and listen to it right, right. and even with it's funny because even with like jack antonoff for example he produces for Taylor Swift. He's in Bleachers. He was in Fun. He does Lana Del Rey. He's done Lord. He's done, you know what I mean? There's like so many avenues for him. Like I'm a Jack Antonoff fan for probably a completely different reason than a Taylor Swift fan is a Jack Antonoff fan. And maybe even very niche similar ways, but it, it, it is so fractured within um, also the opportunities to create with different people and from music to sound so unique now and genres crossing over and there's a lot more freedom and and um in genre i think too that's a really interesting thing but yeah and lord and her writing and there's so many different reasons you can be fans of somebody you know it's interesting yeah totally there really there really are in, in a million av- avenues as well like we were also you could that's a whole new conversation of like how many channels you can now create content on and be like oh follow me on this and that and I'm putting out some TikToks and Snapchat and whatever, like videos on YouTube, you know? I know. It's wild. I mean, even TikTok is a perfect example. I literally was on TikTok for like two weeks during quarantine. And I made, I made like probably eight like little covers and they did pretty well. They got a, they got a, you know, a good amount of views. And then one day I found this like hilarious, it was sheet music called Coronavirus Etude. And it was like, like this funny sheet music of notes written on a staff glistening up and down the keyboard and then like hitting all the white keys and hitting all the black keys but it was with a clorox wipe that was this music and andrew actually showed it to me on instagram and he was like this needs to be a tiktok and i was like oh let's go make let's go make this tiktok and literally has like two hundred thousand views on tiktok like hilarious and the rest of my like covers have like a thousand it's so funny and so tiktok's just like so weird i kind of gave it a rest it's a lot of work to to like commit to tiktok or even youtube like i'm about to venture into the youtube world especially with the videos that i have coming out in a little bit and they're so different some of them are similar but navigating those that's something i'm really like figuring out right now especially by myself and making everything like even across the board and branding wild it's a a wild thing right so moving past the single and like with the video coming out what yeah. are the since what we're talking about like all these different ways you can grow your audience and connect with people what are the ways in the next you know rest of 2020 maybe the next year or two what are the ways that you want to try to grow your music what are the avenues you want to like reach people and do you have any like specific goals when it comes to like putting out some new particular amount of new songs or album or any other projects? Yeah, for sure. This single, um, since it's the first one and I love it so much, I have a lot of things lined up. I I mentioned like the merch is going to be something cool. I'm really going to focus. I I really was trying to get to this point and I'm like here now and I feel like I can like celebrate and like I made it kind of thing. And so um, now like focusing on OG apparel, I really kind of want to see, um, who I can reach with that and kind of what the crossover is going to look like, because right now I'm really still figuring out like what that's even going to look like and who's going to take to it. And if the audiences are going to be similar, which I think they will, but 
Um, and just kind of seeing like what hits home with people, kind of like a learning process right now. Um, my goal is to release definitely a couple singles, um, one or two by the end of the year, definitely one, possibly two, um, a music video. Um, I'm so visual. That's just something about me. I love colors. I love um, like, you know, graphics and, and clothing, obviously. And when I hear music, actually, um, I have synesthesia, which I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's when two of your senses cross over. Um, and so when I hear music, it looks like colors and patterns in my head, which I literally thought everyone had this thing. And me and my brother would sit in the car on the way to high school and be like, what color is this song? And we would like talk about it like nerds and think it was like cool. But so that influences a lot of things that I do. But um, anyways, a couple singles, a video or two, um, and then hopefully by the spring, um, I'm actually thinking about doing like a body of work, either an EP or an album, kind of going to see um, how many songs I feel really confident in and kind of like the, um, how they all connect, kind of the storyline between everything. So yeah, I'm, I've definitely learned, like I have a plan, I have goals especially, but I need to be flexible. If there's anything I've learned, this, this song was supposed to come out in March and like obviously the world is so unpredictable right now. I'm kind of just going with the flow and trying to be flexible and like as long as I'm doing my part, just trusting that like the timing is going to work out exactly how it needs to be. So definitely releasing more music, um, hopefully maybe an EP in the spring and a couple more videos, you know, OG Apparel releasing some lines, um, at least two probably in the next six months. And yeah, just going to see how, what the response is like and what really connects with people and then maybe put more emphasis on those things. Yeah. Right. I think that that sentence is like a lot of what it means to be, an artist we think about it as being this like thing where i'm just like oh here is what i made for everybody you can have it if you'd like like i created this i went away and created this but i feel like deep i feel like most people especially if you're making pop music in the sense that almost everyone that we know is whether it's called folk or rock or whatever it's it's accessible art being created to be presented and performed and released mm -hmm. um and promoted um there is a relationship you have with the people you engage with and you respond to their like needs or wants to some extent. Like it's not as just much of a monologue as a dialogue sometimes, you know? Totally. The way I like to put it actually is I view my music and, and kind of my career, like, like I'm sitting at a table and I'm like inviting people to come sit with me. But at the same time, like I'm hosting them. So it's like, maybe I make something different for a certain night to like provide something that they want. Or, you know, maybe I open up a conversation for us to all have together. If we're at a show, like I want people to feel like they're really a part of something and that I've, you know, I'm providing, like I've set the table, I've, I've created the room, you know, I've created a meal or whatever, but people are welcome to come sit and like add something to it and maybe even change the direction if needed, because it is like, it's from the inside of me and it's something that I really feel called to do and that I want to do, but I feel called to do it and I want to do it to bring other people with me and to like, to really cater to, to what they want to see. Because at the end of the day, like I'm going to learn from that too. And, and we're all in this together. And I just love that idea. That's kind of how I've, how I explain it to myself and how I explain it to other people now and just like all sitting together and, and hanging out. I like that a lot. I think that's a really cool idea. I never quite heard it like that. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
I mean, it really, cause it really is like your table. I mean, when you're creating the art, it is your context in which you are communicating and creating, but there is like, so when I say like a dialogue, like there is like conversation, there's people and you're together when, when you're creating, or maybe even the collaboration between you and the people who yeah. are creating the, the music with, but it is your table. And mm. at the end of the day, like, if you wanted to, you could ask everyone to leave. You could right. leave or they alone. can more chairs. We can, we can make the table longer. Like there's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's being flexible, but also like having a direction and like having a mission, I think at the same time. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Um, well, that's exciting. You got a lot of exciting stuff going on. I'm excited to see what you do with OG and with YouTube with this um, video coming out. Are, do you, do you uh, I know you said you are looking to perform more too. Um, are you going to be, oh, well, I guess this video you're putting out is kind of doing the best you can, the closest thing you can to live. You're, you're, you're performing. Right. Being captured and put on the yeah. internet. Yeah. We did it all in one take. It's all, you know, we did it multiple times and just had a couple, a couple different videos and, you know, in it, I'm, engaging and trying you know trying to engage with you know the people that are going to be there and listening but i miss shows for real i like i just got started playing shows right before corona and so i miss it a lot and i'm excited for whatever that looks like in the future but i'm just like performing is is one of the things i love like jumping around a stage and with people that you love on stage and you know, the flexibility that comes with it and the energy that comes with it. I just miss it so bad. I'm excited for it to open back up, but who knows what that's even going to look like. And I'm interested to see like being a new artist too, like the artists that have been performing for years at the same locations here and like have connections, like obviously I'm just interested to see what it's going to be like entering that, um, that kind of community again. I'm excited, but yeah, I miss it for sure. I'm sure you miss it. I mean, like your life half the time yeah it yeah i miss it really really bad it, to me it's i don't i've like had to start i feel like do a total blank canvas refresh when it came to quarantine because the only way i've known how to grow music is through yeah really it, it's it's touring with with like releasing music and other things like posting on instagram stuff like dabbled in like like the the uh, bread and butter to me is touring i think it's the fastest most reliable way fastest um in a steady way i mean obviously virality is going to can get you more exposure but when it comes to like creating a sustainable fan base of people like you're converting friends and fans that are like potentially every night you have people who are going to now follow you for the rest of their life like people really make can choose to like when they see a show it can really create a long-lasting relationship that that i try to foster through social media and stuff but i feel like a lot of the times it starts with the show so yeah like it's been it's been a new journey for me figuring out how how do you how do you grow a fan base if not playing shows and i think like even for you specifically like it's interesting that you like live shows so much and that you're so interested in that because the 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 interesting thing about pop music is that there are a lot of pop artists in nashville like our age who don't perform at all like i've gone to those like how i think it's called housequake right um you go to those housequake shows and a lot of those people be like hey it's my first show and you're like yo but you're like signed and like or like you're like 
blowing up and it's like, oh, but you don't play ever. Like, that's interesting. They didn't, they don't even like consider it as being something they should do until they've like got an opening slot for a big artist. It's so before I, I released music, like kind of through the past two years of like figuring out what I wanted to do. I, for like a couple weeks, I literally was like in Nashville specifically with pop. I found two types of people. There's the people that only perform live and don't have any music out. So then when they released a song, they had the fan base already to like support that release, right? Then there are the people who never perform and release a song and then get the fan base from that. And then they play a show and they have the fan base at the show. You know what I mean? So there's like two really interesting kind of approaches I've noticed. And I've kind of tried to like melt the two together. Um, Obviously right now, like, again, it's kind of difficult, but um, I didn't even think about like, that's totally like one of the main ways you, you gain a fan base. And I guess I'm, I'm hoping that after this, like I'll learn enough without performing that it, it just hopefully makes it a little bit easier, but in Nashville specifically, it's just like a lot of connections too and, and meeting people and like going to shows and meeting the people that are at the shows and, and hanging out and making friends with people. And so I kind of was like just getting into that and, I felt like I was like on the, on the cusp of like breakthrough with really making good connections. So it's just going to be a really interesting thing to navigate again. And I know it's going to turn out okay, but it's like a, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Behind the, the like living room that everyone exists within like social media content creation. And there's also shows and you see them both. And on the surface, you think I am just this, I'm going to this or I'm, I'm seeing this content because of an algorithm or because it just exists within my natural ecosystem. But behind, you know, behind that, there's things happening. And so when it comes to the internet, I get especially freaked out because I know even just whatever shows up on your feed, it, there are ways that these labels and like the big money interests can set these things up, even, even like doctor these algorithms or uh, to, to, promote those artists and especially i see it when it comes to playlists because i'll just be like oh i know this song's gonna be great uh like i know people are gonna like this i never once get on like a spotify curated playlist and i and i i understand there can also be like i'm not saying i deserve them oh i need to be on play but it's just like then you have homies who are signed and it's like every song they put out gets put on a really good playlist and so i think one thing that also like has always moved me towards and and my friends who make pop music towards shows is the security and like, although like, yeah, big tours and stuff, you know, there's going to be management labels and booking agencies behind it. When you play a house party, you're undeniably connecting with a group of people and right. it just, it feels like a really solid and safe momentum. But at the same time, like now with quarantine, I'm realizing there are some like tried and true ways you can like create content and like through like, organic things like your friends resharing it there are opportunities um to kind of have the thing that i feel like is like safe and um uh, uh, organic you can have that online as well even though like even if you don't have um like the industry behind you if that makes sense instagram doesn't like social media doesn't make it easier honestly too i was doing a lot of research about like you know, posts showing up on people's feed and the average engagement that you are guaranteed on a post is 4% of your followers. Did you know that? Wow. 
So if you have a thousand followers, if you get 40 likes, that's like the average, like you're doing good pretty much. And so I just don't think Instagram makes it easier. I think they know when you're trying to promote something because I feel like your engagement like goes down and you're like, not that, I mean, it's just hard because not that it's the end of the world and it's all about numbers, but at the same time, like you need support <laughs> from people and you like, you want people to hear about it and you want people to, to see things. And it also takes, um, I'm pretty sure actually, um, Cole may have said this to me, but, um, it takes 11 impressions for somebody to like move and like do something, do like a call to action on average. So if only 4% of your followers are seeing what you post and they need to see it 11 times to actually like do something. What? Are you kidding? <laughs> it's like, and, and you know, eventually you just have to do it and have to, <laughs> you kind of just let go of, you know, uh, of control, but it's just like an interesting thing to realize. And that's why you need shows. You're right. You you're guaranteed to like their attention. You have the whole room's attention, you know, you get to take them on a date <laughs> for a night. Totally, totally. And even, like I said, like the doors to performing can feel sometimes like they're even weighted by these gatekeepers and controlled. And and especially I see that when I'll be grinding on my, you know, 20th like DIY tour playing like 20, 30 shows in a month or something. And then all of a sudden it's just like you get on your phone and it's just like, oh, this band, oh, my friend is opening up for this massive band. And you're like, how do they get that? And it's like, well, oh, it's through their manager and their label and their booking agency and their this PR team. And it's like, like you said, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it is it is genuinely disheartening because you're like, wow, am I just sh- should I've just spent all my time just like should I just go back home and just send emails and try to wine <laughs> and dine like business executives? Was that the whole way? Am I lying to myself by thinking that honestly creating art and playing shows is gonna get me anywhere and i still like feel that way sometimes but Mm -hmm. on the i mean the one obvious thing is that you can't like you said everybody's got their own story um Mm. everybody's got their own path and you can't just like you don't know what yours is but at the same time i have to remember that no matter what like i'm making moments and i'm making art that i cherish with my whole heart and, and and they can't be taken away from me like the art i make and the shows and whatever you do, like the apparel, you know, the videos, like, right. It's, it's, it's like sacred in a sense, you know, it, it, it's eternal. Um, right. And, and, and that's just so special, but it, but it is like, I don't know, it is a confusing like industry and trying to figure out your relationship. I think, especially as a pop artist, like uh. what the best thing to do is, especially because more and more like, you're just, we're just both going to keep seeing that. Like, who is this person who just like went to Belmont for one semester and now is opening yeah. up for like Imagine Dragons? Like, how did they, they do that? <laughs> it's, it's so funny. And, and um, yeah, it, it's interesting too, because I like eventually, like I want to be, I want to have a major label deal and I want to be touring for like the whole year, you know what I mean? And have that crazy life. But I've, I've, I've tried to find avenues as like an independent artist that's just starting out to show people that like, because you're independent, like it doesn't have to be this way. You know what I mean? Like we can, we can get it. Like we can make it, we can get those opportunities that like the major labels provide for a lot of people. It might be harder. The path might be very unconventional and you know, you might have to get a little creative, but I, I feel like that's part of my mission of just like even connecting with a fan base. Like, we can do the things that 
major label artists do. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to have a label. And, and part of me is like, I don't know, do we have to have a label? Like I'm kind of figuring it out right now, but I would love to show people that it's not one, like it doesn't have to be this way. And maybe it does have to be that way, but I'm really trying like to figure out a way for it to not be that way and, and really just encourage other people to like, just get creative. And I know like you are one of the top people who, who do that. You get so creative with connecting with people and building a fan base and, and, you know, making it happen. And I'm kind of trying to figure that out right now too. Of You know, I don't have a label and someday like I'm going to, and it's going to be amazing. But for now, like, you know, what can I do and how can I show people that, you know, we can do it. We can do it. It's going to yeah. happen. No. And, and the more time you spend doing that, the more one, the more likely a label is going to be attracted to you because they're mm -hmm. seeing that you have that drive and that ability and that sustainability um, to do it. You know what I mean? So that is going to be a plus no matter what. And in the meantime, mm -hmm. you're just like creating the narrative. You're just telling the story and it's like a great story to have. And yeah, you know, it's special. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it's like, Oh, I want a label, but like, I don't need you. I don't need you. I can do it on my own. And then they approach and you're like, Oh, I totally, I want you. I want you, please. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a funny cycle, actually. It is it. a funny, it is a funny cycle. And I think the, the longer I stay in the industry, the more I realize it's like a label is such a big package of things. It's like, there's somebody like helps you get management, helps you get a booking agent. Yeah. They give you a ton of money but then they expect it back and in turn, they yeah. own, and then in turn they own your music. And it's like, yeah, I kind of realized like, I'm like, okay, I do really want help. Like a booking agent would really help me like opening up for a big artist. That would be sick. And having help with like PR, like, yeah. Cause I don't know how to run it the best Facebook ads. And yeah. Um, but other things like the money thing, I'm like, I don't know, maybe I need that. But in other ways I don't, no, if I do, like, I don't want someone else to own my music. So I definitely feel like it's going to be like a, just a lot of meetings and conversations and just understanding what that even really means when the opportunities do come. But for now, just like, yeah, out myself more so that when I do have those conversations, I can be more confident and be like, I don't need that. Or I don't. Yeah. I'm right. Being pressured into this. And it's just not what I want or need, you know, like you can only get stronger and more ready to sit down at that table and have that conversation by like yeah. pursuing everything you can right now, you know, yeah. we'll come back when you and I have conversations freeze and we'll <laughs> notes and talk about what we figured out. If we, figured it out. <laughs> yeah, we will uh, come back on the show sometime too. For real. I'm going to keep doing this hopefully for a long time. So whenever you, you have something else to promote, come on. I love that you are doing this. Thank you for doing this. Seriously. This is like, such a blessing to the community for real for artists and for fans to to hear and you're such a good interviewer and such a good person to know and be around and you're you're awesome so thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> i mean that means the world to me thank of, course. of course um tell your whole family i said hey if you will <laughs> ew i absolutely will they love you they always you always come up in conversation well, I, I love you and I love all of them. I love the whole Grasso family. So, um, yeah, it's been cool chatting. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank um, you. Uh, for everybody listening, um, just to go through it, thank you for listening to this whole thing. And 
you should one listen to every room by Olivia Grasso on Spotify, Apple, whatever, everywhere. Um, Saturday, September 12th, whatever day this comes out, will that be up even if past September 12th? Can people yeah. keep watching it? Yep. It's going to be on 7 p.m. September 12th. There's going to be a live stream and then it's going to be up after that. Cool. So check out this, um, like you said, 15 minute set. That, yeah, kind of like a release for every room. Sweet. Um, and then if people are on Instagram, they can obviously follow. Yeah. Is it Olivia? A Grasso. That's right. The J. Olivia J. Grasso. And also OG Apparel. Yep. Which is OG underscore underscore it's apparel og underscore underscore apparel which og you know it's, it's kind of hard to get but we, we found <laughs> i love that it's a perfect name og <laughs> olivia grasso og like original gangster <laughs> uh yeah cool have cool. a good rest of your day it's been awesome talking thank you so much freeze you no problem peace out bye